The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. There's a new Irish documentary called Castro's Spies, and in that we dive into the lives of the espionage of the last soldiers of the Cold War. This is a clip. I believe that for every human that is present with such a mission, it would be an honor to accomplish. To do whatever is necessary for the revolution, that was my, my answer, not my response. I knew for sure any action that they asked me to do, I would do it. You have to use fake identities to work inside the United States. <laughs> well, that's part of the training. In order to be successful, it has to be done quietly and in silence. It's not an easy task, I can say. <laughs> know that we and our institutions are being spied upon, are being reported upon, and the information being transmitted back to the director of intelligence over in Cuba. And we're not going to stand for it. This spy ring was tasked by the Cuban government to strike at the very heart of our national security system and our very democratic process. These charges against these individuals allege actions for the Republic of Cuba against the government of the United States. And that's a clip uh, from Castro's Spies, and I'm joined by one of the directors of the documentary, Gary Lennon. Gary, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Thanks so much for having me. It's like a thriller. I've watched it, and it's a, it's a great yarn. Yeah, I grew up in the 80s, loved things like John le Carre books, Tink- Tinker T- uh, Taylor, Soldier Spy, all those things. They were a real inspiration for us to make this film. It's uh, it's very much set as a spy movie. And I think anyone that likes spy movies, also things like history and espionage, politics of the area, I think they'll enjoy it. OK, but this is not peopled by actors. This is peopled by the very uh, agents involved. Yeah, exactly. We, we We took a long time to meet them. But um, and it took, as with all documentaries, there's a lot of research that goes into it and, and you know, try, trying to find the characters. But just um, as, as their story unfolded, we got to meet these the spies as they came yeah. back to Cuba. And, and uh, when you interview them, they're extraordinarily uh, chilled about their experiences, even though they ended up serving some time and uh, quite a lot of time in prison. But let's go back and set the scene. Um, Cuba was America's playground. Yes, exactly. Like if, if anyone remembers the scene in The Godfather when they're carving up the rights for Cuban television, uh, telephones, the fruit industries, it was a playground of the of the rich. It was a mafia controlled state. It was run by a dictator, a guy called Batista. And it was incredibly unequal wealth. You know, you had five, 10 percent of the people that owned everything and the rest lived in abject poverty. And that sowed the seeds for the revolution. And then along came Fidel Castro. Along came Fidel Castro, um, a remarkable man, 80 men on a boat. And 19 of them survived the first attack, but they went up to the hills and bit by bit, they built a force and incredibly they built, they beat the biggest army in the Caribbean. And that was in 1959. And uh, there are pictures, uh, newsreel pictures of them coming into Havana triumphant. And uh, certainly it was a people's revolution. The people were delighted with the arrival of these revolutionaries. Yeah, certainly, you know, at that time it it didn't have the, the, um, the kind of the markings of communism. It was very much a nationalist uh, revolution. 
But people saw the country that they had. They it was so unequal. There was so much poverty that they were hugely popular. You know, they 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 swept through after a couple of key battles. They just swept through Cuba, and we um, and in the film we show some footage. Um, it's actually the first time this footage has ever been shown on a screen. It's it's Castro arriving in on a tank into Havana in colour. It was shot by someone's private collection. And uh, that was kind of a fun thing to do as a, as a director, to be able to put that up on the screen. Now, uh, we had subsequent to, to that, we had the Bay of Pigs invasion, which was authorised by John F. Kennedy, who was president at the, the time. It failed remarkably for uh, a country with the, the enormous military resources of the United States. Uh, and uh, then there was, a, if you like, America was the mortal enemy of, of, of Cuba. There was no cooperation there. They turned to the Soviet Union for help. Exactly. You know, um, it's so it's only, you know, 90 miles away from Florida. It's very close. Um, America, the biggest country, most biggest economy in the world dominates the area. But as soon as the Castro's and the Cuban Revolution turned communist, an embargo went in and they had no choice um, from their perspective. And up until the fall of the Soviet Union in 89, Cuba created quite an impressive socialist economy and certainly compared to its neighbours in the Caribbean and South America. Now, it was dependent on receipts from uh, Russia. That's uh, They bought its produce and they supplied money and uh, all the rest of it. Um, the, the, but the, the if the Soviet Union was to fall, then the end was nigh for them because there were few enough friends uh, for them. Um, the exodus of Cubans who were supportive of Batista to Florida is key to your story. Yeah, th- these were certainly the wealthier people of Cuba. These were people that benefited from the regime as it was. These are the wealthy, uh, the upper middle class, and they went to Florida in their thousands in that in those initial months and years after the fall of the Batista regime. Uh, they didn't think the Cuban Revolution was going to last. Like they, they thought, th- we'd be back next year. Yeah, you know, they they didn't like they didn't even. Uh, take all of their belongings with them. You know, a lot of them hid their money in the walls, things like that. Um, and it was just an assumption that America would help them set set things right. There was also just this, it was almost like the French Revolution. There was a fundamental failure to comprehend how nature was turned upside down, how the working yeah. people were in charge. They just couldn't really get their heads well, around Well, they had it. been impoverished by uh, the multinationals basically taking over all of their a- activity. We had, of course, the Cuban Missile Crisis where there was a standoff between Khrushchev and John F. Kennedy, uh, where there was uh, a détente. Uh, at the 11th hour uh, reached. But then Cuba uh, carries on, but they are always concerned that a rerun of the Bay of Pigs is happening and therefore the Cuban Five. Well, there were more than five, but you concentrate on the five who, uh, shall we say, behaved honourably in all of this. Yeah, there was constant attacks uh, from the Cuban exile community in, in Florida, mainly based around Miami. Uh, they set up a whole host of organizations with a kind of a spaghetti soup of different acronyms from Omega 7 to Alpha 66. And they just dominated Floridian politics, uh, Miami politics, and they raised huge amounts of money and they did constant attacks. You know, there was hundreds of attacks on, to try and actually kill Castro himself. But from, from the 60s on, right up until the 90s, there was these constant levels of attacks. So the Cubans felt they were under attack. And this is this was the catalyst for the this group of spies to go to Florida. This group of spies, there was 10 of them and they were known as the WASP network. Now, I don't want to give too much away, but basically they're spying. Like if I'd gone over there, I could have found out the same stuff. <laughs> much of what they were looking at was in the public domain. Yeah, it was available in plain sight. And I suppose this would be one of the, 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 
the uh, defense strategies that was used by them in, in later stages that, you know, they went down to air bases just to count planes, you know, and this was available from the street. You know, you could just yeah. do that. And similarly, these organizations that they infiltrated, these anti-Castro organizations that were in, in, in Miami, you know, they were publicly, you know, they, they were in, they weren't hiding. You know, there was no subterfuge involved in that. What it was, was they were just pretending that they didn't like the Cuban regime. And that's how they got in. And they use false uh, identities. They made, I mean, the, the guys you talk about were, uh, they were proven veterans, army veterans from Angola, and they were much admired. They were courageous. They had to make huge personal sacrifices. Yeah, these people are, are these these people that are in the film, they're really kind of the elite of the Cuban uh, secret intelligence. Um, they served with distinction in Angola. Uh, they also were top of their class in different uh, college courses. Uh, one was a heavyweight karate champion of the Caribbean. You know, these were really talented people. Um, but they gave it all up. You know, it was quite remarkable. They left their families, um, they left their children, and they didn't know if they were coming back. It was also a highly risky thing. You know, they could potentially be killed, but they were. They did it for the love of their country. These were very passionate, committed people to the revolution and Cuba. Now, uh, they were counting airplanes quite simply because in advance of any invasion, the numbers at a particular military airbase would multiply and therefore they would have reason to be fearful and perhaps give Cuba er er early warning. But that's about the height of it. Yeah, this our story takes place in the 90s. So in recent times, just before that, there was the Panama invasion and the base that's closest to Cuba was the launch pad for that. So huge numbers of planes came down to this uh, base and similarly uh, one of the Cuban spies uh, Antonio he actually went to the base and he was there counting planes to check if there was this similar size build up that would signify an invasion of Cuba. Now meanwhile uh, there were these guys who were sending over their planes and buzzing downtown Havana even I mean it was uh, crazy stuff uh, but there were serious casualties from this uh, there was a, a Cubana airliner brought down. Yeah, the the these the the attacks weren't just um, propaganda. You know, people people many people died, and the worst was this incident uh, in the seventies, Cubana four five five, where one of these exile groups blew a Cuban jetliner out of the sky and killed all the people that were on it. This was the first plane that was destroyed in the Americas uh, as a result of terrorism. But this is largely swept from history. You know, I hadn't heard of this before I started on the film, and. Um, it's, you know, it's it's a horrific thing. And it also, it was a really landmark event for these spies. You know, they were teenage boys at the time when this when this happened, but they were in the square with a million other Cubans mourning the loss of these people. And this was one of the big catalysts for them to become spies, yeah. to just make sure this wouldn't happen again. Now, uh, politics in Cuba today is really a direct descendant of all of this. Yeah, very much so. You know, for the first time, we don't have a Castro in charge. You know, uh, Fidel retired, uh, then he was replaced by his brother Raul, and now there's, there's a new president. Um, Cuba's under real challenges economically at the moment. Um, as everything had been alleviated by Obama. Yeah, certainly a huge amount had been done, a substantial amount, and the doors were opening up. Uh, American tourists were starting to come back in, in things like cruise liners. Um, there were still substantial restrictions, but it was, you know, it seemed as if things were going, be opening up. Yeah. Um, but then Mr. Trump came along. And some of those or many of those restrictions still remain under Biden. Very much. Uh, they still, they're still and this there. this is all about electoral politics. I mean, Florida is an important state. Yeah, if we recall the time of Al Gore, Bush, Clinton, this type of era, the guys who won Florida won. 
and Cubans dominated by these exile Cuban community, uh, they control Floridian politics. So it really is a linchpin state in US presidential elections and, and presidential mm-hmm. and, and political power. So this small, relatively small group of Cubans in the American population wields a huge amount of power. Disproportionate yeah, amount disproportionate, of power. Yeah, exactly. Um, finally, I should ask you about uh, the five Cubans, uh, the spies. Uh, there were more than that, but uh, some of them turned state's evidence and did not uh, suffer the hardships that the five did. Um, have they seen the film? They have seen it. Uh, they, they saw it in Havana. Um, unfortunately, we weren't able to travel with them because it was during COVID. So, but they had they saw it. Uh, it was in a large seating, the Karl Marx Cinema, and uh, I think it's a two thousand seater. So they've seen it. They, you know, their story was was vast and long. It was they were there for more than a decade, and they were in prison for for even longer than that again. So they had hoped for us to include even more, but we could only include so much. Where then can we see it? Yeah, it goes on uh, national release. We start off in the Lighthouse this Sunday where we have a Q&A and then it is released in Galway and Cork and then with Access Cinema to some of the smaller venues around the country. All right. Well, it's called Castro Spies. It's a, a terrific watch. And Gary Lennon, one of the directors of Castro Spies. Gary, thank you very much for joining us in studio. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.